many are getting weak, many are failing, and many have fallen in their faith. Learn how to become an overcomer in this end time through the anointed teachings of Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa. Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa is an emerging voice and a leader in this end time movement of faith. His message centers on faith, the Holy Spirit, and the realities of the new creation in Christ. He is a senior pastor of Overcomers Nation Church and president of Ebenezer Kronipa Ministries in Accra, Ghana. Become inspired, empowered, and enlightened as you listen to the life-transforming message of God's Word through His special servant. And now, today's message. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lift up your right hand. Say, Father, tonight I declare my heart is open, my mind is ready to receive with humility the word of God that can save my soul. Tonight, teach me how to build a legacy that can be referred to in the future. Thank you, Father, that you have heard me in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody shout a big amen. Give a clap offering to the Lord. Can you take your seats in the presence of the Lord? Hallelujah. I told you that in this conference, I'm focusing on teaching. I'm focusing on teaching. And whilst I'm focusing on teaching, I want you to also focus on learning. What do you think? Yeah, so focus on learning. Tell the Lord that you want to learn something. You want to learn something that will profit your life, something that will bless your life, even within this period. Amen and amen. You want to do something? Okay. Praise God forevermore. Yeah. You know, my technical people sometimes they use sign language. So I, if I'm not reading the sign language very well, I need to verify. All right. Glory to Jesus Christ. Open your Bibles quickly with me. I want to read something quickly before I go into the subject of the day. Proverbs chapter number 22. Proverbs chapter number 22. Listen, meetings like this are very important if you're a serious young person. If you're a serious young person, meetings like this are very important. When we talk about our financial prosperity, you know, when we talk about prophetic something, you realize that people are rushing to come in, and then they come and they receive prophecies. And uh, some of them, you see that things are happening. Others, you see that nothing is happening. You see, but then uh, meetings like this where we learn from the Word of God through teaching, it can be a balance if we are all giving ourselves or committed to learning. Committed to learning. Amen and amen. So, meetings like this are very important. They can make or break your life. They can be the difference that you are looking for. They can be the difference that you are looking for. There are many people who have received amazing prophecies that declare that, oh, they are going to do this, they are going to achieve this, and then uh, they died in the midst of their years without achieving it. And some of them have been waiting for the past 30 years for their breakthrough, but they are not seeing the manifestation. Why? Because even though the prophecy may have been right, they did not learn what they needed to do about their prophecy. And anytime I take the Bible and I'm teaching you something about how you should live your life, it actually should be translated as how to see your prophecy manifest. So if you take it as my prophecy is one thing, and then what I'm being taught is another, then you are going to miss out on your manifestation. Are, are we together? So the word of God is actually the guidelines for our prophetic manifestation. Other than that, God will not have allowed these scriptures to be put together. And you see that everybody will be going and prophesying, prophesying, and prophesying. Did you realize something? Let me, let me give you a very quick uh, illustration. God sent Moses. Moses was a prophet, right? 
He sent Moses as a prophet to go and give a word to his children in Egypt. And he said, I am sending you to a land that is what flowing with milk and honey. So to them, that was a prophecy. And the prophecy was to send them to a promised land. A land that was filled with milk and honey. A land where they were going to enjoy of the dew of heaven. They were going to enjoy the best of God. But did you realize something? For them to go in the fulfillment of the word of God, in the fulfillment of the manifestation of their prophecy, God spoke to Moses and he gave him a guiding law. And he said, I write these things down. So when they followed the instructions of the God, of God and the teachings that Moses gave them, things that they were supposed to do, things that they were not supposed to do, they were going to end up in the promised land. So, when they went against the instructions of God, did you realize that even though God had given them a prophecy that they are going to a land flowing with milk and honey, a particular generation did not get there, even though they had been given a prophecy. But out of that generation, there were two who received the word of God. The Bible calls them Joshua and what? Caleb. And the Bible said they had a different spirit. So these two that accepted the word of God had been, they had been taught and functioned by it. They were the only two that entered into the land of prophecy. So prophecy is good. Prophecy is not an end in itself. Prophecy is not an end in itself. So God will give us the instruction manual so that when we follow that manual, gradually we will step into our prophetic manifestation. So teachings like this, what we focus on, uh, meetings like this, what we focus on teaching of the principles of the word, they are guiding steps that will lead us into our manifested prophecy. Are we together? Are we together? Many people like a lot of strange things. So when they ask that, oh, how can I see my prophecy manifested? They are looking for you to give them some strange further direction that will sow some particular seed or go and get some water and then sprinkle the water or go and do one action or the other. They are looking for another mysterious thing, but the only mysterious thing is the word of God. And it has ability to guide us. So you want to see your prophecy manifest? Listen to God's word. Anyway, let's read the scripture. Proverbs chapter 22, I'm reading quickly from the verse number 1. He said, a good name is to be chosen rather than riches. Loving favor rather than silver and gold. So here you see that he juxtaposes amongst two things over here. And he says that a good name or a good character, where people will see you and they'll say, that, ah, this person is a good girl, this person is a good guy, this person is a good woman, somebody who is a yinipa. He's a person who has a good character. And so the Bible is saying that there are two things in comparison over here. That's such a person with a good character and such a person who has money or riches. And he says that the first one is to be preferred to riches. Unfortunately, our generation, we have turned them upside down. And so people want to prefer riches above a good name. But please, no matter how much we talk about the benefit of financial prosperity, never ever divorce it from having a good name. Never ever divorce it from having a good character. Never ever divorce it from having a, a, a character that people can relate to and say, that, ah, this person is a good person. So he said a good name is better or is to be chosen to riches and loving favor. Loving favor where people prefer you rather than silver and gold. Do you know why? Because so a good name can give you riches in the future. 
favor before people can also give you a good name in the future. So some people, they will keep hold on to their money, hold on to their riches, hold on to their uh, silver and gold at the expense of their loving favor, at the expense of people preferring and appreciating and loving them. And at the end of the day, they lose riches in the future. Because when you are a, a man stand alone, when you stand alone, you are the only person enjoying, eventually you lose it one day. Because you don't have any support system. And people will start siphoning it away from you. Anyway, but despite what he said over here, look at what he said in the verse number two. He said, the rich and the poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. The Lord is the maker of them all. He said, a prudent man foresees evil and hides himself, but a simple pass on and are punished by humility and the fear of the Lord are, are riches and honor and life. Thorns and snare are in the way of the purpose. He who guards the soul will be far from them. Train up the child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So, you see, if you look at the context of what he's sharing over here, he, he keeps making reference to riches or financial prosperity. And now he tells us that let us train the child in the way that he should go. In other words, if this child is going to become wealthy, is going to become rich, is going to become honorable, is going to have a good name, there must be a particular training that the child should go through. And one of the trainings is the training on how to make it financially. Why it is important to be financially outstanding. How it's important that you break the shackle of poverty. Listen, poverty is a spirit. And that it's a very wild and terrible spirit that seeks to disgrace and to destroy. So you also address it aggressively by every means possible that God makes available. Glory to Jesus. Right after this verse number 6, where he says that when we train the child in the way that the child should go, the child will never depart from it. The verse 7, he tells us that the rich rules over the poor. Say, I will never be a beggar. Say, I will never be poor again in my life. Say, I refuse to be poor. Come on, say to some conviction. Say, I refuse to be poor. He said the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. The rich rules over the poor and the borrower is a servant, is a slave. That word servant also means slave. It's a slave to the lender. That is why God doesn't want any of us to be involved in borrowing and borrowing and borrowing as a lifestyle. No. He wants us rather to be lenders because when you are a lender, you are a master. When you are a lender, you are in dominion. When you are a lender, you are the one that is in charge. A borrower is always considered as a slave. Look at recently in what, what is happening in various investments. I don't know whether any of you have invested in EDC or Data Bank or what have you. When things are going uh, well, they will be giving you uh, your, your, your returns, blah, 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 blah. But when things are not going well, they can write to you and say that we are changing something or tweaking something on our policy. And there's nothing you can do about it. Why? Because they are the ones who are controlling the financial muscle. They are the ones who have the more money. They are the ones who are in charge because they are the ones who are the authorities. Glory to Jesus Christ. So you need to be somebody who will be financially astute. You need to be somebody who is in a financial dominion. And I pray for you today in the name of Jesus that may that grace that will bring you financial dominance come upon your life.
in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So God wants us to be rich. And not only does he want us to be rich, he wants us to be wealthy. And we should say that without apology. Listen to me, as children of God, we should learn what is the will of God. And we shouldn't be ashamed of what God desires for us. We shouldn't be ashamed. Most of the time we are talking about finances, you realize that some Christians or Christians are trying to shy away from it before, because they feel as they, they've been made to feel as though to be rich or to uh, be financially buoyant is something for the wicked or it's, it's equivalent to being a sinner. No, it is not so. It is not so. Jesus himself wasn't poor. Hallelujah. How many of you believe Jesus was poor? Okay, how many of you did not know that Jesus wasn't poor? Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? Amen and amen. We have been presented with a poor Jesus, but Jesus himself wasn't poor. Ah, somebody who said that, oh, God gave him to a very, a very poor family. So his father was a carpenter. You see, it is because of the way you are thinking. That's why you are seeing that way. Anytime we talk about carpenters, we are, somebody thinking about Ephraim. <laughs> <laughs> a boy in my area who has a small table and he says that that's his carpentry so uh, his carpentry shop and then he is like uh, uh, you see a lot of white grape stubbles of white beard it's, it's not, it, it, it shaves but then you see the species of it and so F.O. is there and uh, uh, F.O. carpenter and so we think that when we talk about carpenter it's equivalent to a poor person if F.O. was to be in this meeting even in his carpentry, you will see changes. The carpenter, listen, if you are think, talking about carpenters, why don't you look, stop looking at Elfo and start looking at Bogas? Because Bogas is also a carpenter. Are you understanding me? Yes, he mentioned Okadeko. It's also, it's also carpentry. But you see, we have been trained with such poverty mentality that we always see the, 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 the poor side of things. But in any case, Jesus in his time, when the Bible said that his father was a carpenter, it wasn't because he was a poor man. The Bible tells us that Jesus was born in a manger. Ah, so you see, his father did not have money to rent an inn. No, the Bible never said. The Bible actually said that they were looking for an inn to rent. They were looking for a hotel. It's just that there was no room available. So it meant that his father could pay for a hotel room. So his father wasn't a poor man. Joseph wasn't a poor man. He could pay for it, but the rooms were occupied because there was a, a census that was taking place at that time. And so every room was already occupied. So don't think that Jesus was born in a poor, uh, uh, a poor family. Two, in those days when we talk about carpenter, it is not like our woodwork carpenter. They were more like construction people. Now, have you realized that whenever we talk about contractors, we often seen, uh, uh, seen them as we, we, we classify among the, uh, let's say, well-to-do uh, working force. Because contractors do big projects. Those days when we talk about a carpenter, it is not like FO that you are thinking about. It is like, uh, come on, is there, who is a major uh, big-time contractor in the country? You uh, see, you are not interested in building, so... <laughs> You just want your small table from FO. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. But a contractor, somebody who is into construction of buildings. So Jesus shouldn't be seen in your mind's eye as some ordinary carpenter who has some small shop. And then all, uh, so when he was growing up, he was growing up with Shaw Law. Do you know what Shaw Law is? 
If it was good, God would not uh, compare poverty with a robber. A robber is a thief. A little sleep, a little slumber, and poverty shall pounce upon you like a robber. If poverty was good, God, and the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ, who was, he was not poor, he was rich, but for our sakes he became poor, that we through his poverty might become rich. God specifically had to talk to us about that. So God doesn't want you poor. Lift up your right hand. Say, I refuse to be poor. Say, I refuse to be poor. No, brother, talk it, be bold. Say, I refuse to be poor. So start declaring loud, I refuse to be poor. That I'm black and proud. Say it loud. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Yeah. So refuse to be poor. Refuse to be poor. And uh, in, in, in considering the subject of riches, yesterday I shared with you that, you see, uh, the goal shouldn't be rich, shouldn't be riches. Because riches usually talk about uh, liquid finances, money that can take care of you, give you present comfort. The goal is to be wealthy. And as I studied the scriptures, I realized that anyone who truly walked with God ended up being wealthy. And it was not just wealth, but transgenerational wealth. Transgenerational wealth. Proverbs thirteen twenty two: A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, an inheritance for his children's children, an inheritance for his children's children. You must rise up to the place of wealth, so that you can leave an inheritance that your children can fall upon. Listen: The blessing of the Lord makes a man rich and has no sorrow. And when you follow covenant practice, the blessing leads you into a place of wealth and abundance. You see, many people, many of us, many of us, the suffering that we are going through is because our fathers and our fathers' fathers did not live the kind of life that will leave an inheritance for us. There are many people who end up in a certain lifestyle of our prostitution, promiscuity, uh, 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 living a certain life where you don't see any glory. Why? Because they don't have anything that they came to receive. Look at the life of Jacob. Jacob was so rich that he employed all of his children. He employed all of his children. Right from Reuben down to Benjamin. All of them were staffed in his company. To the point that when there was even famine in the earth. The Bible tells us that when they were going to get food from Egypt. Abraham, uh, no, Jacob was the one who was giving them money. He would give them money that, oh, go and use this to buy uh, in our importation, importation business. So, the man had established a system of pro- prosperity, a system of wealth, so his children did not become vagabonds. When the children were born into his house, they did not now have to struggle for, what am I going to do in life? How am I going to survive in life? No, their father had built enough wealth, enough capacity for them to be part of. Listen, look at me. The struggle that you are going through right now, Imagine that if your father had had a huge multinational company with several branches all over the world. Do you think that you'd be going through that? Now, even choosing what course do I want to do in the university, Master? You, you don't need to even choose a course. You know where you are going from the start. You know where you are going for, from the start. Even now, sometimes when our we are choosing courses, they, are, they want us to choose a course that will bring money home. A course that they know that you get a job so that you can also come and take care of them. And unfortunately, in our system, you know, matter the course that you choose, even doctors cry are suffering it. Those days they said that if you're a doctor, oh, it's a sure banker. But now even doctors, sometimes for you to be, a, for you to, uh, be a, assigned to a particular place to work, nurses, this used to be, ah, uh, 
what's it called? How do you call that thing? Yeah, no white color. Maybe a course where you get a job easily. Oh, someone. Praise the Lord. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. So they, they tell us that choose this kind of course. Oh, I remember many years ago, I, w- I actually wanted to go into uh, 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 IT. Amen and amen. I wanted to be a computer scientist because I like internet things and I wanted to uh, learn more in that. And they told me that no, 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 no. Now everybody is learning how to do computers. When you come out, you can get a job or you can get business. So I had to gradually uh, uh, shift, shift my weight and go somewhere else. Amen and amen. So the mentality is wrong. The mentality is wrong. And I'm trusting God that tonight, through the teachings of God's word, I'll help change somebody's mind. So that what you have gone through, your children should not go through. I say your children should not go through. I say your children should not go through. Receive that grace and that wisdom now. In the name of Jesus Christ. You are going to become the next Jacob of your day. Oh, where you are going to build such wealth that your children will just come in and start enjoying and enjoying and enjoying. Even when you die, your wealth will still be speaking for you. Receive that grace now. I said receive that grace now. In the name of Jesus Christ. So, I'm just going to trust God to share with you uh, a few biblical steps or biblical and practical steps by which we are going to build well or you can build a well, well for yourself. Tomorrow, I'll be going more into the covenant practices and how to spiritually attract certain things to come your way. But today, I want to deal a bit more with practical things. A few practical things that as young people who are, are, are facing life or about facing life, we can have as a guiding rod, something that will guide us in our journey of life, in our journey of life. So, eight biblical and practical steps to build a future of wealth, uh, to build a future of wealth, and it's going to be progressive. So, what I will be sharing with you will be step by step by step. Do you understand me? So we'll start from the first step and then we build upon it and build upon it and build upon it until we get to the place of wealth. If some of us, it may take us, it may take some time to see the full manifestation, but if you follow it very carefully, oh, your children will enjoy something great in the future. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So number one, what is the first step? It is have a vision. Have a vision. And in this case, I'm not just talking about a general vision, but have a vision for your financial future. For your financial future. What do you see in the future? 10 years from now, 20 years from now, when we are saying that you are a wealthy person, what picture of wealth do you have? Some of us, when we talk about riches, we, we just, I want to be rich, I want to be rich, but there's no picture in mind. Where do you want your, when, we, when you look at the picture of your, uh, the picture of your financial future, what do you want to see over there? What do you want to see over there? You need to have something very clear over there. Maybe the picture that you have is that, oh, you should have 
and this number of houses and this number of cars and this number of businesses you should have it in your mind very clear even to the point where you know the kind of business that you would like to go into you need a clear picture a clear picture a clear picture to grant you direction proverbs 29 verse 18 where there's no vision the people perish the people perish where there's no vision there's no direction there's no guidance the people cast off restraint there's nothing clear so because there's no clarity there's confusion there's confusion you need a picture when i ask you that ah what vision do you have for your financial future you have to have something clear i'm not saying something tell me but something clear that you want to tell me so I want to I want to be I want to be uh, the CEO of a leading manufacturing uh, pharmaceutical manufacturing company. Maybe that is your vision. So you have something clear over there, and then that begins your journey of building wealth. Or oh, this is my vision that I, in my financial future I shall have enough houses so that I can give every member of my family, every child in my every one of my children their own house and their own business. That is a vision that you should have. Something very specific, something very clear. So you need a vision. Tell someone beside you you need a vision. Tell the person you need a vision. Well, how wealthy do you want to become? How wealthy do you want to become? What picture? You have to have a picture of it. A picture of the end. What is a vision? What is a vision? A vision is a clear mental picture of a preferable future imparted by God into the hearts of his children. Shall I repeat that again? Shall I repeat that again? It is a clear mental picture of a preferable future imparted into the hearts of God's children by God himself. God imparted by God into the hearts of his children. So God imparts that picture. So when I talk about vision, I'm not just talking about a dream. A dream, no, no, no. A dream is something that is not real. A vision is, number one, something that comes from God. It is imparted into your spirit, into your heart. A vision is a reality that is yet to be experienced. It's a reality that is yet to be experienced. So the vision is not something that you hope for, but it is something that has become so real to you. And so you are not just there. The only problem is that you are not there yet, but to you it is real. Many people have ideas that they call visions. They are not visions. So, uh, 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 what, what is a vision? I want to be rich. I want to be rich. It's just an idea. It's just a thought. It's just a dream. It has no substance. You yourself can feel that uh, this thing is not real to me. A true vision that is imparted by God is a reality that is yet to be experienced. Are you understanding me? So, you need a vision. You need something that the Lord has imparted into your spirits. It is not a dream. It's a reality that is yet to come into existence. You need to have a clear picture of how your future should be. How your future should, and when you have that vision, you cannot break it down into short-term, medium-term, and long-term plans or long-term goals. You are able to now plan based on that because you know where you are going. For instance, you are going from here, say, to uh, Kumasi or to KJTR or whatever. And then uh, what do you do? You know that you cannot, if, if you don't have a, a, a car of your own, you know you cannot just uh, get a vehicle that goes straight to Kumasi. So what do you do? You plan on how you are going to get to uh, 
VIP station. And from VIP station, you plan on how you are going to board a vehicle that will take you all the way to Kumasi and whichever the, 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 the last stop is. And from there, you board another vehicle to go to KJTR. So, because you know that KJTR is where you, are, you want to get to, you cannot break down your plans. Now, you ask yourself, how much money will I need if I'm using Uber, Trotro, or whatever vehicle from here to a VIP station? And how much is VIP charging now from, a VIP, from uh, Accra to Kumasi? And when I get to Kumasi, what amount of money will I need to move? You see, now, you see, you see what Vision is doing? It's helping you to plan. It's helping you to plan. You are more likely to get to KJTR in a faster time than somebody who doesn't even know where he's going. Glory to Jesus Christ. So you need a vision. You need a picture in your mind of what you want to see. What you want to see. And the reason you need a vision is because, number one, it prevents you from moving in circles. Moving in circles. Doing something. Every time you are trying to do something. Hey, child, and that's why they end up calling themselves hazards. At the hustle. At the hustle. At the hustle just for something. At the hustle just. And so when you get money, you don't know what to use the money for. Because you are, you don't have a vision or a picture that you are working at. So you start moving in circles. Today you are there, tomorrow you are there, just so that you get something to survive. So that you do something to survive. You will never be a wealthy person. Listen, this thing that we are talking about, it doesn't come by accident. You will not be there one day and boom, you have a, a, a house and a car and no, 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 no. It doesn't, you build it strategically and systematically. So it starts with you having a vision. It starts with you having a vision. When you have a vision, it prevents you from moving in circles. Number two, it prevents you from having an arrested life. That is a life without progress. Your life is arrested to one position. And year in, year out, year in, year out, year in, year out, there's no progress in your life. You cannot say that I have advanced from this point to the next. Listen to me, young people. Listen to me. Go once as the Bible says in the book of Proverbs 4.18, the path of the just is like the shining light that shines brighter and brighter onto the perfect day. I told you if you listen and learn and apply what I'm teaching you in this convention, next year by this time you be much bigger and much better than you are today. So next year, by faith convention, when I say bigger and better, what picture do you have in your mind? You need a clear vision of that. A clear vision of that. This is where I'm trusting to God to get to. Next year, but I want to trust God. Uh, it is within the will of God. God has spoken to you that this is your time of getting married. You need to have a clear picture of what is going to happen. What are you going to do? Are you getting ready? Are you getting ready? Most of the time when a man comes to approach you, ask him, are you ready to marry? So if a man is not ready to marry, what business do you have spending time with him in a relationship? He has not prepared his finances. If you are not careful, he will just end up using you and wasting your time. And when you realize that he's not even ready, you have, you, what, what, what is going to happen? You would have wasted two years of your life, three years of your life, seven years of your life. He wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. And what are the guarantees? That he's going to be ready in the next year or two. A man who wants to marry in one year should be ready today. At least to a certain extent. At least in his mind. At least in having gathered something little. So you are, you are a woman of age. 28 years old. 30 years old. And then somebody comes to propose to you and he's still in with his parents. And you, you say yes to the proposal. Are you okay? Are you okay? No, 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 no. You are not okay. You must not be because you don't have a vision. 
And so because of that, the visionless person has come and you also accept it. So two non-visionless people and you are strolling together. So you will be intelligent. Oh, I just said no offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a smooth talk. Say hello, baby. I saw you from afar. I could see radiations of light. And it hit my eye, entered my heart. Just needed to come to you. Do you understand me? So have a vision. It helps you make your choices. Your selections. Have a vision. Have a vision. He may not even be staying with his parents, but ask yourself, has he started saving some money to rent? Does he have an idea towards that? So, you must be very circumspect and ask the relevant questions. When you are in a relationship and you are you're a, a proper relationship, put shyness aside, you know. Ask questions. If he's not ready to answer you, Clearly, you should know he's hiding something. Say, you know, I'm not ready for games. I'm not ready for games. I'm not ready for games. So, you see, you, you end up wasting all your time doing all the irrelevant things. And at the end of the day, a lot of time is wasted. Even in ministry, people are wasting their time. They are preaching everywhere. They are preaching everywhere. And they have not started anything for themselves. When I was in Bible school, I met a lot of preachers. Oh, and they said, oh, tell me, preach to her. They preach to her. Hey, that man go, you know, everything. And they didn't have a church. It's now that they are struggling to put up, start at something. And they are struggling because some of them, age just caught up with them. Age just caught up with them. They didn't have a vision. So some of them, they come and see what I, the, the, the small thing that God has given me over here. And they are amazed. And then some of them ask, hey, how old are you? Because they can prophesy more than me. They have been around more than me. But then they did not have a vision of their end. Listen, having an anointing doesn't mean you have a vision. Having money doesn't mean you have a vision. Having a skill doesn't mean you have a vision. So get a vision to prevent an arrested life. To prevent a life where there's no progress. Next year about this time I have an announcement for you. You are going to see progress in your life. Next year, about this time, the people around you will be jealous of you because God is working on you. Receive grace. Why do you need a vision? It prevents a life of trial and error. That's number number four or number three, right? Number four. It prevents a confused life. A confused life. You don't know what you are doing. You just wake up in the morning and go to sleep at night. They be out that story. They be out that story. They be out that story. Chilling in Kwa. Chilling in Kwa. Chilling in Kwa. And the chilling, what is it going to bring? I'm not saying don't chill in life, but at the end of the day, before you chill, you should make sure you have something solid there in life. You don't have anything, and every time you are chilling more than everybody. Brother, why? Unyam Veskabiensie said, that should be me, Koyewe. No, we don't live life that way. If you live that, that way, you end up going to impregnate somebody's daughter and you have a child who will be cursing you in the future. My father is a useless person. Be, live a responsible life. Live a responsible life. Young ladies, have a vision for your life. When you have a vision for your life, you will not spread your life for just anybody. Have a vision. Have a vision. 
so that you'll be driven to a specific future. Number five, it helps you do a few things and to do them well and to do them fast. There are people who are doing everything some. They are going for every program. They are going for every sitting, every gathering. They be a, hey, Charlie, yeah, yeah, but you know, uh, boomerang, hey, you know, yeah, but you know, uh, la boma, hey, you know, yeah, but tawala everywhere. Oh, but Julia, you get the one place and say, chilling. Maybe that's where you meet your life partner. Mm. But you see, do a few things and do them well. Don't spread your energy doing too many things. There are people every time they are going to school, going to school and going to school. Hey, I want to get a master's. I want to get a PhD. What are you getting it towards? And some of them, they have a degree in, let's say, a degree in one area, a master's in another area, PhD in another area. What are you building towards? What are you building towards? So my hobby is gathering degrees. Continue. You leave your certificate for your children's children. Amen and amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So you see, this, this meeting is not a shouting meeting. I hope you are thinking. No, I hope you are thinking. This is a meeting for thinking. So if you are not thinking, this meeting is not for you. This meeting for people with brains. So if you don't have a brain, this meeting is not for you. But because you have a brain, that's why God has brought you here. Say amen. Are you angry? <laughs> Number six, it helps you to focus your energy and your resources. So you don't waste your money everywhere. You know you want to build a house in three years. You will not be buying pizza for women. You know you, you don't intend to marry. Even once you intend to marry, when you can buy them something a little smaller than pizza, buy it and say that, honey, there's a future. You want to impress the girl. Hey, Chalia, me a guy, me a guy. I heard about somebody, he went to do a lavish wedding. Hey, lavish wedding. They went to do it at Kempinski. And when they came back, they went to stay in the family house of the woman. A, a, a store that had been converted into a single room. It wasn't in self-contained. Oh, I a wedding at Kempinski. Even to rent a place can pay rent or buy you a land. Visionless. So she wanted to marry so much, she was going to carry some guy with nothing. And I said, Nothing. I'm not just talking about fine. Somebody may not have much money, but they have a strong vision. And the person is willing to work, ready to push. Ladies, don't go and marry a guy. You can see that this one will be a liability to you. Just today, someone was telling me about a certain lady who was with a, a certain hopeless guy who is not doing anything to take care of his children. And whenever he comes around to, he wants to come and have do action. And after that, he will take her money on top. While this woman is struggling even to feed her children. Amen and amen. Don't get angry at me. Uh, I'm telling you the truth. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Uh, love is not everything. No. Oh, he loves me. I know he loves me. <laughs> he loves you. Eh? If he loves you, he cannot come home every day empty-handed and be happy about it. 
a man who loves his woman and his children, hey, to be trinity at for them to survive, he'll do it. He'll do it. I don't know who I'm bashing today, but it looks like I'm talking about something very, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Oh, I say hallelujah. Hey, like, Papa wants to spoil my relationship. Oh, no. Hey, the relationship was spoiled before I came. I'm just giving you the reason why it should be spoiled. Master, Unishia, man, girl. Man, girl. Amen and amen. Only she now will pay over over baby. 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 Oh my God. Uh, do, do, do your feet hurt? So you have been running through my mind all day. <laughs> hey! Is your father a, a miner? <laughs> Why did you get the diamonds put in your eyes? Is it? Oh, stop flattering me. And one of you, and one, I come be a bad You should see that come coming before, and then close your ears to some things. Hunam sardine, sweet chocolate. My God. Let me go back to my message. But I'm talking to somebody over here. So. <laughs> you need a vision. Why? Because it helps you to live longer. Because you have a reason to live. So, once you have a vision, what do you do? Because vision is not enough. Vision is not enough. You do something. As a young person, one of the things that you should learn to do is to work for skills, not for money. At the beginning of your life, when you start getting a job, work for skills. There are many people right after they come out of school, all they are looking for is money. They are looking for is money. We're looking for money. No, money is good, but money will not be able to buy you your future that you are looking for if you lack the right skills. So get the skills that you need to be able to manage the vision that you are looking at. The vision that you are looking at. Let's say you want to set up, uh, 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 let's say, a pharmaceutical company. What do you do? You start working in a pharmaceutical company or learning something that will help you have the skills to be able to manage such a company and to be able to understand that industry. So God will also always let you pass through that process. So that you learn the right things. The other day I was talking about how uh, sometimes when God wants to introduce you into a particular industry or area of practice, He allows you to pass through the hands of somebody. The principle of service will never be negated because of you. Go and learn skills. When you start your employment, you start working first in your life. Uh, oh, don't look at the salary. Look at, don't look at what you earn. Look at what you will learn. The learning is more important than the ending at a certain stage in your life. 
build skill without vision you only focus on your salary and not the other benefits that you are getting so some people will be working on a plane and say, look at this small salary. And he expects me to come in the morning, every morning, at what time, and then come and give out my best. He wants me to be a slave. No, it's because you are looking at the money. But look at your vision. Look at your vision. Look at your vision. Many years ago, when I completed the university, uh, before I even started my national service, I, started, uh, 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 I, started, uh, I was employed at a company that said they were going to pay me 300 Ghana cities, somewhere around 2011, 300 cities every month. And so I took the job and then I started working. Do you know, if I worked for them almost two years, they never paid me a salary once. After three months, they changed the terms. I became like Jacob. After three months, they said, oh, no, no, you, you, now what we we'll do is I will pay you on commission. We'll pay your own commission. So if you're able to sell, then you take this amount. And then that one too, they will change it. And that one too, they will change it. But do you know, by the time I had completed one year of working with them, I had become sharp in being able to penetrate into new markets. I now knew how to interact with customers. And I knew how to look at people who are looking at me as though they are angry and still interact with them and cause them to laugh and then sell my products. And I knew about what an invoice is. Those days, I didn't know what an invoice is. I didn't know what a receipt is. I didn't know what a, a, a receipt was. I didn't know what a pro forma invoice was. I didn't know what tender was. I didn't know what quotation was. I didn't know what. So many things. But because of what, that one year of not being paid, and can you imagine one year of not being paid? Many of us would have quit the job by then. Many of us would have quit the job by then. It was in the midst of that that I was able to set up my first company. And so whilst I was supplying theirs, I was also supplying my own. So I was learning. My focus was not on the earning. So work for skills. Work for skills. Look for the thing that you don't have and go and learn it. You say you want to set up a, a, a publishing company. Do you have the skill set of management? When money starts coming into your hands, do you know how to control the money? Which one is profit? Which one is my income? Which one is what I'm keeping for the future? Do you even know the, the, what, the, the breakdown of the money that you are getting? Do you understand how to operate all of that? Work for skills. So you are, you are employed at a place. And so you are in one particular area. I remember there was a certain gentleman. He was employed to handle uh, uh, to, to, to something, I think... Uh, one of the casual workers in the company, it was this uh, tractor companies. When he went there, he would quickly finish his work, and then he would go and tell them to teach him how to man those tractors. Before long, in less than two months, the guy had learned how to be operating them. One day, somebody was sick and couldn't come to work. Ah, they, they were worried. Who is going to man? He said, I can do it. They gave him a test. Boom. In, by the end of that month, they had upgraded him from where he was to become one of the drivers of the practice. And they started paying him what they were paying them. He was working for skills. There was a certain, a certain pharmacist right now doing very well. And he completed the university and he happened to work, uh, uh, do his, his service at a particular company. It was a multinational. He, after that, he applied and they said there was no, there was no opening. So he went to the manager and said, you don't worry. I want to work here as an intern. A young pharmacist should be chasing money. Because that's what we do. Usually when we come out of school now, we are chasing money. Pharmacists, yeah. Every week, we chase people. 
I said, I know I have a vision where I want to get to. Getting this small, small monies will not help me. And the kind of impact I want to do, I want to make. And he saw that the multinationals, you see, multinationals, they help you stop thinking like a Ghanaian. Yeah, most of us, most Ghanaians have a poor work ethic, poor mentality. Our poverty is not because of lack of resources. Our poverty is because of inability to manage our resources. We lack the ethics and the attitude and the mentality for sustaining wealth. So most of us easily lose money. Most of these European countries, they don't have even half of the resources that a small country like Ghana has. Why do you think that the Chinese keep invading? If you sack them a thousand times, they find two thousand ways to come in. Look at how the scourge of Galamse is ongoing. All of them are foreigners. And they have used our Ghanaians as fronts. And now they even have the infantry. They'll go and then they'll be having guns to shoot down Ghanaians. Because the resources in our country, they don't have it over there. I see our mentality, the way we think, prevents us from using it judiciously to increase our wealth. If we were supposed to look at resources, Ghana and a lot of African countries to be the richest countries. But go and I, I was doing a research on the rich countries and poor countries, and I, they gave a tally of about 184 different countries, and they started from the richest to the poorest. I scrolled down to the poor ones, and I saw that almost all, if not all, the, 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 about 50 countries from to the poorest one, all of them were African countries. African countries, I look through whether maybe I'm not seeing it right. Africa, 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 Africa. And yet Africa has the richest of resources. Gold, Africa. Diamond, Africa. Manganese, Africa. Bauxite, Africa. Why are we so poor? Spain is one of the highest earning countries. Why? They have silver. They have silver. Saudi Arabia, oil. And yet, even Saudi Arabia is still not a superpower. It's not a superpower nation. Yet, they control, more, they control about 70% of the, of the global oil rule. So, we need to change our mind. This young man said, I'm, I want to work with you even if you not pay me. And then, he worked with them for six months before somebody resigned and an opening came for him to get a job. But by that time, he had started learning skills. And the country manager for that company had invested so much in him. So the young man now, he knew how to relate as a multinational. So he was working for skills. Working for skills. Many people work like a dicically. Because, oh, look at how much he's paying me. Look how much he's paying me. Look how much this company is paying me. I don't think. And so at the end of the day, they don't learn what they are supposed to learn. Work for skills. Tell somebody work for skills. You see, when you follow salary and wages to keep you in slavery, salary is for the poor man. Salary is for who? Salary is for who? Wages are for the poor man. Wages are for the poor man. So those of us who are, oh, mine is that, oh, some salary, listen, and please, and, and don't get offended when somebody is not paying you as much as you want to. Because the person didn't start a business for you. The person started a business to make profits. 
So the purpose of every business is to make profit. So if you are giving all the money to the staff, what is the business getting? What is the use of starting that company? An ability to cut down on your expenses is a skill. So if your boss is able to get a profitable business, one of the ways is to mirror you a bit. Just and even if he gives all the money to you, the company will collapse and you also don't have a job. So you should learn. You should understand the wisdom of what is happening. Instead of going and complaining, say, ah, why is he doing this? Nobody starts a business to make a loss. Everybody starts a business to make a profit. And I'm a boy. I see we are so conscious of salary instead of learning the wisdom behind how the business operates. When you see a company that has been operating for 15 years, 20 years, and they still operating respect, there must be a trade secret they have. When you go there, go because of the trade secrets, not because of an income. Not because of an income. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Most, do you know why most companies fail? People, as soon as they start life, they want to start their own company. So maybe you want to start a restaurant. Go and, learn, go and work at a restaurant. Go and work at a restaurant. The dream, have the dream. But because of the dream, go and learn at a restaurant. Go and learn how to manage. It's not about just ability to cook. Because the restaurant is different skills together. There's a cooking, which is like the engine. But then there's money management. There's marketing. There's accounting. There's human relations, customer care. There's even also, uh, how do you call it? human resource. Who to employ, how to employ, why to employ, when to employ. So, do you know all of that? So, you go and start a restaurant and it will fail. Not because it was destined to fail. You lack the right skill. You lack the right skill. Uh, the almost chairman comes and says, May I McDonald's? <laughs> McDonald's. You see, almost why McDonald's is successful globally. So work for skills. Young people in our generation don't think the way I'm talking about. They are always looking at the money. Oh, Mexicano, Sicano, Sicano, Sicano. And because of that, they end up making all the mistakes. Early in their life. And then at the end of the day, their life is cut short quickly. Glory to Jesus. When I was working, I worked with a pastor. God said, I'm going to start the ministry. So as soon as I quit my job, I went and worked under a pastor. He had been calling me to work for him for years. But I had said no, because I had not yet received the conviction that I should work in a church. But then, as soon as I realized that no God was leading me, I went and I, so I, that's why I learned how to officiate a wedding. That's why I learned how to do naming ceremony. That's how I learned how to do engagements. That's how I learned how to uh, have a service, run a service as a pastor. That's why I learned how to have meetings with boards and do all, all those things. I was understanding. I was understanding. That's why I began to learn the problems in churches. And so, knowing how to relate. That's why I learned that, ah, somebody can come to church and then the person, you, somebody that you are trusted can get pregnant and without even getting married. How do you handle such a person? A couple have their marital issue. What do you do? How do you handle such people? 
I was a prophet. I was a, I could do all those miracles and prophesy, but I wasn't, I didn't know how to be a pastor. It was when I was serving under, that I was observing, learning, they would give me assignments. That's when I learned how to church administration. Because I was a church administrator at that time. So I now have to find a way on how to be ensuring that administration is ongoing. Dear no is it just a skill? Some of you are even students, you can start learning these things. Work for what? Skills. I'm still on point number two. I have about six points. Work for what? What skill set do you have? The vision is good. But after the vision, go. Oh, start working for skills. Learn the right skills that you need. Deborah, are you listening to me? Work for what? Work for what? Talk to me. Skills, not skills. Skills. S-K-I-L-L-S. Work for skills. Work for skills to learn how to do certain things. Work for skills. You want to start a fashion company? Learn the right things. Learn the skill of designing. Blah, 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 blah. And then you learn how to manage a big company. How to build. What to look at. You see, it contains a lot of things. Oh, God has shown you that you are going to have a big plaza. What goes into setting up a plaza? What is... Uh, what is... <laughs> scaffold. What is... Learn those things. Praise the Lord. I've kept too long on this point. Learn for skills. Tell someone learn for skills. If you don't learn for skills and you are not faithful in learning, you don't have your own. Luke chapter 16 verse 12. He said, you have not been faithful in that which is another man's. Who shall give you that which is your own? For 14 years, Jacob was working for his uncle Laban. 14 good years. And the man knew his vision. Is it, and that's what I like about Jacob. He knows every time he knows what he wants. He, the reason why he worked for 14 years was because of woman. The vision was to have that woman. So he did not even, the Bible said he did not even feel it. Like woman power. Are you talking about? The Bible said the man did not even feel it. Hey! Year in, year out. Year in, year out. Tell you, you women are too powerful. Charlie, clap for all the women in this place. He's not even feeling it. His vision, that was his vision at that time. And when his vision moved to having his own company, he started working on it. So the 14 years, someone have said he was wasting his time. He didn't waste his time. He was working for skills. At the end of the day, he knew what to do to get a particular kind of breed to come out. He learned the skills. Go and study Genesis chapter 30 from 32 to 43. And so when you move from after you have learned from, for skills, now work for capital. Now this is where the money part comes in. Work for capital. So what are you doing? You want to set up your own company. Now you need money to start a company. So now you have learned the skills. You've learned how to manage the company. Now you start working for capital. Well, the money that you need to start that business. So now your focus changes. How can I get more money so that I can start what I want to do? Praise God forevermore. How can I get more money? So once you have learned the skills, you have learned what you are supposed to do. Now, there are about four different ways you can look at if you want to increase in your capital. Number one, quit the job that you are doing and go and look for a job that pays more for the skill that you have. 
There are some companies, because you started over there, they are never willing to increase your salary. There was one lady who told me a story, and the company that she had been working for for three years, they were, they, 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 uh, in fact, they only uh, gave her um, a, a permanent letter uh, in, during the third year. And when they gave her the permanent letter, they reduced the salary that she had been receiving. Yet, national service students or national service uh, personnel that she trained were receiving higher salaries. They had gotten too familiar with her. So, she had to quit that job and now move to another company. And this time they were paying her dollars and it was more, more times, times of whatever she had been receiving. Why? She had been learning the skills in the other companies. There was a certain HR manager uh, that I know. In the company that she works with, she was given a task of uh, coming out with an HR policy for the staff. Something that will help the staff or help the company. And when she went, her boss threw it at her and insulted her. And said, what kind of policy is useless? So all your degrees and whatever it is, this is what you could produce, useless. She was working night and day, laboring to develop skills. Eventually, she resigned the company. And as soon as she resigned, she got an appointment with Nestle Ghana. Nestle Ghana, they asked her, in, when she got there, they asked her, ah, prepare an HR policy for Nestle Ghana. She just went for her files from her computer of that and changed all the former company's name and put Nestle Ghana. When she put it, she said, wow, you have not seen anything like this before. Ah, uh, they gave her a big office, nice, a brand new car, and a fast salary for times three of what she had been receiving at the previous company. Because at the previous company, she was working for skills. Now the skills have started giving her money, capital, what she's looking for to build her dream. Work for skills. Young person, work for skills. Work for skills. And when you have work for skills and you know you are confident within yourself, now look at the money. Look at the money. Sometimes we look at the money too early. That's the problem. So look for a job that will pay you more for the skill. Two, reduce your expenses because of your vision. I want to set up a, a diner. Now I need more money. Yet every day you are eating yogurt. Cut down on the yogurt because you need that money to use for that. Every time you are chilling or you are doing something, cut down on the chilling. So that, let's say, even if one weekend or one night or one chilling session, you spend 50 Ghana, reduce it maybe out of Two months. Two months is like eight weeks. You chill only once. And if each day chilling in 50 Ghana, that means that in two months, so you are spending 50 cities per chilling session. In two months, how much is that? 50 times eight. That's 400 cities. That's 400 cities. And yet you say you are broke. You reduce it to one. Spend 50. When you spend 50, how much will you have to save? 350. So the money you are looking for and praying for, sometimes it passes through your hands. But you, don't, you don't use it for the right thing. Are we together? Are we together? Yes, you are a young person. You can sit in Trotro every time you are picking Uber. Every time you are picking Uber. Or you can even walk from to church. Every time. So you get finish early and so I can walk because it's a short distance. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm a lady, I'm a lady, I'm a guy, I'm a... And then you pick the back. Oh, you can pick a drop for what? Because you are saving money. You are saving money for your future, for your vision. Remember, we started with a vision. So, reduce your expenses. Number three, get a, a part-time job or a business that will increase your flow. So, apart from the work that you are doing, get something else. 
Get something else. If you think that what you are doing at that point in time cannot finance your business, get something else that can be bringing you extra money so that you'll be feeding or pumping into the into your vision. So let's say you have a business where you realize that sometimes for a long period of time you are not getting any customers. You have a lot of free time. Get some job or that you can do. Maybe an online you sell something in addition. So let's say uh, one, one, one more bite, right? Is it all the time that you are getting orders? So within that time, why don't you partner with a certain, uh, maybe somebody who sells clothes and they can post their things on your timeline. Now, oh, I also sell, I also sell shoes. I also sell something. What are you going to do? You are getting more money so that you can push into your business. Instead of just waiting for the, because if you are waiting for the money that will come from your business, you have to eat. Do you get me? You have to do other things. All of that will come out of the money. You have to even spend some impact into that business. So there's too much pressure on the money that comes from that business. So spread the pressure into other things that you do. Spread the pressure. Get other multiple streams of income. Multiple streams of income. Get other things that you are doing. So that I will add up to what you are. And then at the end of the day, remember you have the dream. Get the money. And then you push into your dream. So get multiple things. Oh, I, this, this is the area I want to school in. So I want to work in that area. Or this is what I did. So I want to practice. No, you have wisdom. You have exposure. You have connections. All of those things are valuable. When the Lord asked me to start the ministry, it didn't mean that I had thrown away all my pharmaceutical knowledge. When I was working in Tobinko, I was a regulatory manager. And so I became very adept, very skilled in regulatory affairs. Do you know, when I resigned from Tobinko, now people who had heard about me started coming to me and said, Ah, Mr. Ebenezer, I want you to help us with our registration. I said, oh, very good. I know everybody that you need to know to get your products registered and registered fast. So what I'll go, you give me some small dollars and then I'll do it for you. I'll front it. So I became a consultant. A consultant. So whilst I was preaching in the night, I was doing consulting in the day. And sometimes I've come to preach and prophesy in midnight, 1 a.m. One day I will come and show you a picture. It was taken at midnight. I was had a stack of documents. I was working consulting for somebody to go and get their prayers registered. I sweated, minister prophesied, and in the night I didn't go and sleep. There was some dollars at stake, and they had to work for it. I slept in the morning, wake up with fresh, and then come back to doing my pastoral work. You have too much free time. What are you doing? You sleep through all the time. You are watching WhatsApp video. Somebody, you do not watch somebody's job. Do you know WhatsApp has a company that they pay stuff? Do you know Facebook have a, they have a whole company, even they have uh, offices in other countries. And so anytime, uh, just for you to spend your time on them. They have graphic designers, they have IT people, they have accountants, and so anytime you open your Facebook, it's somebody's job that is, you, are, you, are, you are working towards. Anytime you open your Facebook, you watch a movie, you laugh. <laughs> Why don't you also start going to do your colipo things and then you put it over there and then people will look at it and laugh and then you say that Facebook, because people are looking at my thing and laughing, give me $5 every month. Isn't it a better use for your internet? The same data that you can be spending to laugh 
is the same data that I can also be spending to make money. I see uh, young people of our generation, a lot of us are not getting very smart. That's why Jesus said that the people of this world are in this day, wiser and children of light. Come and pray. After you have prayed, go and do something. When you pray, God will give you the wisdom. When you go out, go and apply it. Hey, I won't buy my bread. My bread. But that's thing. Some of you don't even have a prophecy written up. The, the energy to write down your prophecy, you don't do. Go and work. Tell somebody to go and work. Tell somebody to go and work. Tell somebody to go and work. Work your prophecy. You are spending time with a lot of your friends and you are talking about things that don't matter. Well, what I'm doing, I do know I'm working. Do you know the energy that comes when we stand talking? You don't know. It takes a lot of energy. So a lot of pastors die early just because of standing and preaching. Standing and preaching. So I'm working. I did my research. You can say I know what I'm talking about. So I'm doing my work. So God will pay me for my work. So after you have listened to me and you won't go and work, sister, why? Brother, why? You won't work so that you get money and you come in pay tight. So go and work. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Don't waste time. Tell somebody don't waste time. Tell somebody don't waste time. Somebody is saying that, eh, the thing is saying is true, I'll practice it. But when are you going to practice it? And that procrastination, lack of initiative, is what is stealing many people's profits and blessings. Okay, they say I should go and work for a skill. Now, start it today. Start it today. Go and work for a skill. Is this man taking the, the pictures? He did not take, did you not take pictures before he came to the church? He didn't even, the computer that he's even in, he didn't, it was when he came and he started educating himself. This lady, she didn't know how to hold camera. But now, even if she didn't go to camera school, she can be employed because she can write on her CV. I used to man the, the video camera and come for out my church. Then they'll go on Facebook and come and see the church. And they'll see how the camera is going. Ah, well, you don't want to do this. Ah, then you must be good, even though you don't have a certificate. She has got skill. She has got a skill. Those of you who don't like being in departments, you end up, you will not get the best benefit of the church. Because the church is a place for corporate development. You see, this young lady, now she can manage, manage a lot of things, plan a lot of things, uh, do because become multitask. Why? Because when you, I put pressure on you. I mean, you cannot work with me and not learn anything. Ah, no, 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 no. You are, I, I will tell you to do things you don't know how to do. So they go and research and, and do them. One gentleman who was uh, Joshua. Now it's church. But the things that he, he learned, I give him the task. That he'll be doing research and I'll pass. He'll use less research. He'll go and do more. And now, when Corona hits, he has become a master at these uh, online things. So you have join the department. Some of you don't even know how to pray. 10 minutes, you cannot pray. Come for Elijah generation and let us train you how to pray. Now, church, you know, huh? Remember, I born Messiah, did I? 
Look at look at what I'm teaching you. I know what I'm teaching you, but you don't know, and then you also not come. And I'll share what share me. Sister, why? Brother, why? Of course, the uncle, so why? <laughs> amen and amen. But I hope you are getting me. But that is our problem. That is our problem. So the people are laughing at us. And when they come and say, I'm going to 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 say, I'm going Oh, yeah, sure. Watch her out to walk. Watch her out to walk. It wouldn't even sound like I said, oh, dear, it's here. And I've also ordinary one be I'll say that he has to be a moment man. This should have something that you are working at. So she's learning the job, but she's, if somebody with a small vision would just be learning, her, okay, hairdressing, saying, but she should also be learning, ah, the customers, bah. Then I may handle customers. So customers will keep coming. If you have a skill and you don't have customers, your skill is useless. Your skill is useless. We get the best then crana u nyo bia obi ah. Some we can't wait you ma. Ah. And she said, Uni mu juma ye. Uni me. And so bianba kama and vasobene uh uh skill na unim no. And fasobien you it usia any customers we then it and no see a skill. I hope you are getting me. People have a lot of skills. Sometimes customers. Because I know somebody went to tech, became a doctor in herbal medicine, and he inherited his father's herbal herbal clinic. When he came there, he was a herbal doctor. People were coming. He saw that no, the way the business is going is not the way I want to go. I know the skill, but let me do something. He went to go and learn marketing, and then he moved himself, the boss CEO, from his office as a doctor and the CEO to the marketing manager, and he started selling his company. And he employed somebody to come and sit in his office. So he was now before long, in just about two years, his company was now sending products to Cote d'Ivoire, Togo, and other African countries. He penetrated into hospitals in Ghana. Because at that point, it is not his know-how as a doctor that will bring more money. It is his ability to bring more markets. So he had to weigh his options, prioritize, choose which one is the most profitable way. Sometimes in Mema 3, be wise in your decision. I mean, no. That's why sometimes the worldly women who do are not spiritual are the ones who get a man that <laughs> because they, they know what they are looking for. Opportunity coming back on. You see, we see that oh, marry the man with the vision, and so don't marry the man with the television. So one day, listen to me. Sometimes the man with the television also has a vision. In fact, the truth is that sometimes the fact that he has a television shows that he had a vision that caused him to get a television. So I am revising that in small, small. 
So young men, now the thing have changed a bit. So start getting the television addition to the vision. So young men, if after this teaching that I'm giving you, you don't get the television, please, ladies, don't marry them. They'll not take you anywhere. I'm also in TSM. I'm in TSM. You get me? Are you getting me? Yeah. Because after this, young man, you should be able to save. And next year, by this time, you should have a land. You should have some property. You should have something. And then when I was living in my, in my father's house, I told my father, I want to rent a room. I had my own father's house where I rented the room and I paid him after that time 2,000 cities. And the old man collected the money. I told the man, say, oh, my son, I just started like, say, oh, yeah, God bless you. I, mean, I was going back, I was just waiting for him to call me, oh, come here, I'll just take some money. I I didn't close the door. Hey, Papa, I want me to go, sir. I paid for rent in my own father's house. But it taught me to be a man. One day I came. One day the man came, knocked my door, opened the room. TV was there. Sofa was there. Bed was there. Partition was there. Curtains was there. The man opened. There. And came to my father. Came to me. Well done. Well done. His son is my boy. A man, he has become a man. What are you talking about? Sleeping with a woman is not what makes you a man. Ability to build something. Build something. It's what makes you a man. And from that time, I've been making progress and progress and progress in my life. I never go backwards. So. I never go backwards. I'm telling you, every time, next year, I'm going to more. Sometimes I me the way I am, I'm very unassuming. You may see me and I will be laughing. But I'm doing things. I do a lot of things here. I see a lot of visions. And then when I sit down and I, and I start making calls and doing my research, that will be And you know, two buses next you. All of the poyo investments. There's a direction towards it. So, sometimes you have a bump and you say, you don't know why you are doing anything after I am Because who will be beer at the reason you are praying? Ah. Now, we pray on you for 24 million dollars, sir. Now, we show why what you have is 400 cities. Now, we vision you 4 million dollars. Open by our Look at the distance between 400 cities and 4 million dollars. Oh, God will do it. God will do it. <laughs> that doing it is what you are doing right now. He's working you to pray. Give a club offering to Jesus. Anyway, so work for capital. Look for a job that pays more or reduce your expenses or get a part-time job or negotiate for salary increment. Go and study about Jacob, Joe, uh, Genesis chapter 30. You can read the entire chapter, but mainly 32 43. The man said, that, ah, I have In fact, the man worked so skillfully that even his uncle saw that ah, this guy is very good at the job. So he even retired his own children so that Jacob would be taking a business. 
And now when Jacob said that, ah, I want to go up. I don't want to do your work anymore because you're not paying me well. He said, okay, this is what we'll do. Whatever you want. <laughs> you should get the skill to that point. When we see, we see free company, my company will ask, ah, we'll pay 10 times for you to have. He said, whatever you want, mention it, I'll pay for you. He said, I don't want anything, but this is what I want. I want to have my own farm. So, let's come to some terms. Okay, you, 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 you determine what you are going to do. Give me the proposal. And then when you are given the proposal, you manage your own and you manage my own as well. How? The guy saw that the man was indispensable. And so the guy negotiated. When he negotiated because he had built the skill. Some of you, eh, the company, the business you are doing, God wants you to become bigger than the business. So, learn to negotiate. Learn to know how valuable you are. Some people are so unhopeful. Oh, they be up, they be up, they be up, below me standard. By that time, you know you have worked on yourself. And see, you sell 4,000. So, 4,000 to me. Okay, then, it's 3,000. Know how to negotiate. Learn how to understand your value. This is a subject for another day. Maybe we'll do a program on that specifically. That one is for those who are interested. This one is because I've made it like it's a church services for everybody. But some of these things, you teach it for only those who are going to use it. Serious-minded for how to negotiate. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. And when you work for the capital, write that next point quickly. I have three minutes and then I'm done with this. Work with your capital. Start with what you have. Ah, your, your vision is so big. Listen. If your capital can finance your vision, there is no really a vision. If it's really a vision, your capital will never be able to finance it completely in one go. So you start to what you have. Learn the mystery of starting small. If you are always waiting for capital, you may never start. You want to have a big uh, printing house. Start by doing graphic designing or start by taking contracts. Or maybe you want to have a big car manufacturing company. But now your money can do spare parts dealing. Start with it. Start with it. Spare parts. Spare parts. Then soon, okay, you start importing your own car. Start importing your own car. And then soon, now you start learning, getting, seeing how you can manage uh, engineers who can build cars. So start gradually. Start with what you have. The wisdom of small beginnings. Start small. Start small. Jesus gave a, a parable in Matthew, yeah, chapter 13, verse 31 and 32. He said, another parable put he forth say unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and he sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. So the mustard seed is the smallest of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among the heads. Take note of that. And then becometh a tree. So that the best of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. So you see, it started from seed. And then it grew to herb. Herbs. Herbs are not, are not as powerful as trees. But the seed develops advanced. So your seed, your seed project, your seed capital, your small thing, don't take it for granted. Work on it. Let it grow to a herb. And after the herb, you see that as you keep building on it, it will go to a tree. By that time, you can even quit the job that you are doing. And now come and give yourself full time to what, to your business or your company. And then after that, you rise up into a point 
where you are now setting up branches. Setting up branches. That means that now you are, we call it diversification. Is that not the word? So you diversify your, your portfolio. Eh? Not your portfolio. Your portfolio. Amen and amen. So now, oh, you started. You, you, you are working as a mechanic. Now, you have got enough money. Why don't you start some small barbering alone and get somebody who will be mani- managing it? So whilst you are, you are diversifying, you are diversifying. Today, Bogas, I doubt Bogas Furniture is the only business he has. Dangote, I don't think that the business ha- has now. He, he started with all of them at once. But when his money grew, he started diversifying. So at that point, so I've, I've already combined a number of points. So work with your capital. Number two, or number, uh, that's number what? Number five. Uh, number five, work with people. Okay, work with your capital and learn how to work with people. Every great vision requires people. If it only requires only you, the vision does not come from God. Luke chapter 5, verse 6 to 7. The Bible says that when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were on the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and they filled both ships so that they, they began to sink. Do you know what was, what was happening? If they did not, their vision was very big. If they did not call their partners to even come and join them, they were at risk of even losing the fish that they had caught. So learn to work with people. Learn to work with people. Learn how to manage people and to work with them. It's one of the characteristics of a great vision. Ecclesiastes 4.9, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Leviticus 26.8, five will chase a hundred and a hundred of you will put 10,000 to flight. Look at that. Your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. Exponential growth. And then whilst you are doing that, you also learn to let people work for you. Learn to, that is different from the other points. Now, there's a dimension of wealth creation where people work for you. At this point, you need people who know what they are doing so that you can hand over some authority to them and you can work on other areas of the vision. Work on other areas of the vision. How do you do that? Two main ways. Number one, you can either get those who are trusted and working very hard, they see they are doing very well, and give them a share of the company. The company that I used to work with, uh, okay, they were working with Tobinko, but they had their headquarters in um, India, Bliss GVS. Now the company had grown so big, and they did not need people leaving so quickly. Because there are people who have been working there, and so they knew all the secrets of the company. So if you just allow them to go, it will be, and now you have to train another person again. So do you know what they did? They took 5% or 2% shares. After that time, 2% alone was even into the millions of dollars. They gave it to the staff, and they shared it freely for all the staff. So every month, when they are looking at the turnover of the company, apart from the salary that they are getting, everybody is looking at how is the turnover, especially at the end of the year, when they are calculating the turnover, because they know now they have property in the business. But Ghana man, only me, my, me and my family members are shareholders. I know one company, I'll not mention the name, they had somebody, a man, who was who started as an accountant and worked with the company for 15 years. So the company started as a, a local small chemical shop. Now it became a multi, a, a big time company in Ghana, which was controlling millions of dollars. And they allowed this man to go just like that. But they thought they didn't need him anymore. The man 
has spent 15 years learning the trade. He started a business, his own business in that same field. And in two years, his business was already in the, about $2 million worth. In two years, the other company started losing their clients, losing their clients, losing their clients. Because this man was the front of everything. So he knew all the big people. He was having a meeting, secret meetings and non-secret meetings. So they knew him and he knew them. And he knew what they liked and what they didn't like. Now started diverting it to his own company. But if they had found a way of keep, get, getting him to stay, maybe give him some 1% share, 2% shares, all his interests have been in their company. So you see how sometimes big companies lose out. Or two, poach or employ somebody who is a very, already very well versed uh, with a proven track record. Amen. Acts chapter 1 verse 20 to 25. When, uh, when this guy, Judas, left the job, he looked for somebody who had a given track record. Amen. How many have I given you so far? Six. All right. The next two, you just write it down. My time is already past, man, and I want us to close. Amen. The next two. Now, get to the point where now, at this point, more money is coming in. Is it, as I'm teaching you, uh, is it, if you are following what I'm teaching you, you realize that your mind has gone into 10, 15 years from now already. If you start well with your vision and you work with what you, uh, I'm teaching you, some of us, in five years, we can get to what I'm talking about. Because if a man can use two years to get his company to be worth uh, about $5 million now, it means that it's possible to build something great. By this time, now you are having money. So let the money work for you. Let the money work for you. Let the money work for you. When um, the present government, uh, oh no, that was rather, uh, I think Muhammad's government or so, uh, came in, well, I, there was a time when T-bill rates were very high. T-bill rates were very high. I think when the MPP government came, they reduced it so that more businessmen would rather put their money into building their companies. But then after that time, then the table rates were very high. And this one company that I knew, they had a lot of money that they were not using. So they decided to be spending their money buying table investment. So at first, they have to get a lot of stuff to be able to get $300,000 as their net profit at the end of the year. And now, when we buy T-bills, T-bills, and with the same $1 million investment, by getting that money free. And out of that, they were even able to use the profit that they were getting by hands the building of the factory. At that point in time, they are not looking for capital. Now they have money. So their money is not working for them. Some of us over here, you see anything about investments. You can't see bills. I don't see bills. I don't see bonds. I don't got any bonds. I don't see bills. I don't see bills. their savings, this is all our subjects for another meeting. We'll organize it. Uh, the Money Makers Conference. <laughs> amen and amen. 
Hallelujah. So now your money is working for you. Your money is working for you. Praise God forevermore. So you can buy property, build houses, start a business with it. Let your money work for you. That's investment stage. You invest in businesses and stocks. You can invest in people. You can invest uh, to support other businesses. Or you can even start other side businesses. So you, you, you are into, uh, your, uh, what's your area? Fashion, right? Fashion designing. So you are a professional expert fashion designer, right? Yeah, also. And now, because of that, people are paying you for your services. Right? So you use materials for your, for your production, right? Now, at a certain point of financial interest, instead of that, you realize that in a year, you would have bought materials, say, about 20,000, 50,000 cities. That money, you could have actually used it to be importing your own materials. So out of your own business, no, you are now even starting a new side business. Look at the things. If you want to know, with, most of the time, the confusion people have is when they, are, when they want to start a new business, is, which business should I start? But one of the easiest ways of starting a new business is to look at what you are regularly spending money paying for. Regularly spending money paying for. And you look at amounts. For instance, one of the things now I'm currently trying to do is to get a digital printer. Because I realize that we have been printing flyers and printing uh, whatever for our soul winning tracks. So I'm like, ah, if I've been paying all this money to be printing flyers, why don't I buy the printer? And then maybe I do. So when uh, SD wants to print something, I say, oh, come and pay me some coins. Because you are an associate of you, you see that travel. And then he print for you. You understand? So I'm just, this is how I'm thinking now. This is how I'm thinking now. Is it? Ah, we've, been, we've been paying for people to be sitting in Uber and coming to Why don't you buy a bus? So that we can cut down those things. So I'm using my more in the area of ministry. But you who are into business, you use it in the area of your business to grow your wealth. So think about it in that way. That's one of the easiest ways of starting your own business. Solomon used that wisdom. And I'll teach you about Solomon's business wisdom. So I was going to build a house for God and build the, the palace. So he said that he would need wood and some materials from other countries. Instead of just going to take what he needed for the building project, he brought extra and he started selling the extra. So at the end of the day, he ended up spending nothing on his own. He was a prophet before what he's building. Wisdom. 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 Praise God forevermore. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Maybe next time you are traveling to Kumasi or traveling somewhere as a group, instead of letting all the group go and pay VIP, go and get some car and rent it. Do you understand me? And let them pay and then negotiate with them. So at the end of the day, instead of paying your own transport, the profits from the other people's transportation to take care of your transport and you go and free your charge. I've just told somebody something, but the person doesn't know. Somebody said it's a softball business, man. Don't worry. Uh, God has given us a lot of something over here. And then finally, leave an inheritance. Proverbs 13, 22. Where we started is where we are ending. Okay. Build something. Have a property. Build a house. Listen, don't be interested in cars too much. Car can get sports right now. Like, I'm going to get a car with you, I'm going to get a car with you. And I'm going to get a car with you. I'm going to get a car with you. But it will talk about your business. Amen and amen. But buy a land. 
build a house, rent the rooms, leave a, a, a legacy, start a business that will last for a lifetime, that will last for generation upon generation. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Put your right hand on your head. Say, Father, fill my mind with wisdom. Give me ideas. Give me ideas. Show me how to build transgenerational wealth in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, that one idea that I need, that will break me through in my finances, let it come to me tonight in the name of Jesus. Talk to the Lord. 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 Mashatal Come on, talk to the Lord right now. Talk to the Lord. 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 Bazagadabradabash. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. We need wisdom. We need wisdom. The wisdom of the spirits. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Just you have just some 30 seconds. Talk to the Lord. Come on, be very bold in your talking to the Lord. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Begin to pray in the spirit right now. Begin to pray in the spirit right now. Business wisdom. Rise up to your feet right now, everybody. Just begin to pray. 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 The Holy Ghost is here. The Holy Ghost is here. Kabala Baba Baba Bushatala Bradabash. In the mighty name of Jesus. Katura Bazitis. Mandelebelebelebelebelebesh. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We hope that you've been blessed by this message. For more inquiries, visit our website. www.ebenezaokronipa.com Or call... 0546-36-39-57 God bless you.